Hello, my name is Sarah Sloan, and you're listening to The Sarah Sloan Show. Wow, what a great day it is. I'm joined here with my father, and we're going to discuss the news. So, for the most important story, uh, this was a funny one. <laughs> you probably know which one it is. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, she is a representative for New York. So you would typically think that in off time, she would go straight to New York. And I don't think it's a problem for a representative or any politician to go to another place just to vacation or whatever they want to do. Um, But it was deemed an evil thing whenever during the snowstorm, Ted Cruz, Mm. senator of Texas, went to Cancun. So Mm. that means because he got so much backlash from that. He had mm-hmm. to return. He had to apologize and all that, that she is not allowed to go to Florida whenever COVID cases are at all time highs in New York. She is not allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. Normally I would have given her a pass, but I just can't. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> so, and she always mentions the Ted Cruz thing. She always does. Any chance she can, mm-hmm. she does it. Yeah. Um, so there were pictures of her and her boyfriend um, in Florida. And <laughs> basically a lot of conservatives start kind of mocking her and making fun of her and her boyfriend in the picture, he's wearing like these kind of lame sandals and he just Mm -hmm. doesn't look great. Um, So she says in response to these attacks, if Republicans are mad, they can't date me. They can just say that instead of projecting their sexual frustrations onto my boyfriend's feet. (laughs) You creepy weirdos. (laughs) So she's basically saying that <clears throat> criticism of her boyfriend's footwear demonstrates that we're jealous of the boyfriend. We wish we could be in that relationship with such an awesome babe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, which, okay, to be honest, I have heard that there are Republican guys that are very attracted to her. And it's like the fact that she is so to the left mm. and just like insane about it is even a little more attractive to them, mm. which I know is weird, but I have yeah. heard that's a thing. I'm not saying that's all Republican guys, so don't get offended. Um, but yeah, that, that is something I heard. So, but how obsessed with yourself do you have to be mm. that if somebody attacks you, you immediately say, oh, it's a sexual desire they have towards me. <laughs> like if somebody came and said, hey, you know, that sweater is kind of tacky, Sarah. Mm. You have a sexual desire towards me and that's why you put it, all of your frustration on my sweater. <laughs> or my boyfriend's yeah. Boyfriend's sandals. Feet. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. really stretching it. Oh, it's weird. Mm. It's kind of a part of her narcissism. It is. It is. And, you know, that is the way that she thinks. Um, But I can't blame her for going to Florida. It's a great Mm. state. There's Mm. a lot of freedom there. So She can do a lot of things she can't do back home. Yeah. And she's part of the reason that she can't do a lot of the things she she can't do back at home. That's right. Kind of weird. (laughs) I guess she doesn't like the world she set up for herself. She (laughs) doesn't apparently see any hypocrisy in that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's weird, uh, but it was funny. Um, let's see. The wonderful Governor Ron DeSantis, mm. he responds to her trip to Florida. Mm-hmm. And look, I, I think if, if you, if I had a dollar 
for every lockdown politician who decided to escape to Florida over the last two years, I'd be a pretty doggone wealthy man, let me tell you. I mean, Congress people, mayors, governors, I mean, you name it. And um, it's interesting, though, the reception that, you know, that, that some of these folks will get in Florida, because I think a lot of Floridians say, wait a minute, you're bashing us because we're not doing your draconian policies, and yet we're the first place you want to flee to, uh, to basically to be able to, to, to enjoy life. And so I'm not surprised to see that continue to happen. Um, I could tell you, I mean, um, you know, there are probably about a half dozen governors who had restrictions on their people and then were spotted at various points in Florida. Some of it's been public, some of it's not been public, but you know, people tell me these things and so uh, these things are spotted. And so that's just the reality that we're dealing with. I think I'm happy though that Florida is a place where people know they can come and they can live like normal people, they can make their own decisions. You know, Fauci, again, he's railing against the restaurants. I mean, these poor people have had, I mean, they've done very well in Florida because we've protected them, but I mean, this is not an industry that's easy to do very well in, and he's singling them out as if that is somehow such a huge factor when there's all these other things um, that you could be pointing to. You know, I just, think, I just think it's wrong, but people know they can come, they can go, get a beer, they're not gonna have to show papers, they're not gonna have to do anything. And look, just look at what we're seeing now. How big of a failure have vaccine passports been? Okay, if vaccine passports succeeded, you would not see a lot of the stuff uh, that you're seeing in a lot of states that implemented them. And so all it served to do was discriminate against people based on an individual choice, create a two-tiered society, and yes, they are moving, like I said a couple months ago, they are moving to update that to say in some parts they're going to say you need a third shot to be able to do. So, um, so those policies uh, have not worked and I think ultimately, look, people vote with their feet. I always say I'm so happy with our Floridians. Um, I'm not asking for people to, to, come, to come move because we've got great people. We've got a lot of great stuff going on. I think we're going to do a lot more great stuff. But the fact of the matter is, you know, if you look from July of 2020 to July of 2021, we led the country in where people were wanting to come to. And I think that that's a result of, of protecting people's freedoms and making sure that we had a state worth living in. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well said. Sounds presidential. Yeah, he sounds good. And he keeps on getting better. Mm-hmm. It's really nice to see. Uh, he actually was also talking about... Um, there's the monoclonals and that that is kind of a treatment to fight against COVID. And it's been pretty effective, especially with Delta, the Delta variant mm-hmm. of COVID-19. Um, so he had basically him and the Surgeon General of Florida had said that the federal government was limiting the amount of these uh, the doses that the state could receive, limiting a treatment to fight against a global pandemic and a disease that they claim it's wiping out the globe. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So kind of weird that they're doing that. But um, they are, he basically, he's giving kind of good news that they're backing down on that. Mm. Uh, he announced that the federal government, it's relaxed its policies on limiting monoclonal antibody treatment drugs, paving the way for the state to receive more doses. Uh, it looks like they're going to receive about like 30,000 more. Um, I think... I don't know how they're doing exactly, but it, it's going to be distributed a lot, uh, distributed a lot more than it had been. Um, just kind of scary that the federal government was even stopping it in the first place. Mm-hmm. 
you know, if you listen to some of the press conferences, they were trying to pretend that they were just being equal in sending to the states. <clears throat> but if you really listen, you realize there was no shortage, and yet they were still wanting to limit it. And it was really uh, a fairly direct punishment, retribution, uh, you know, which is pretty frightening that they would think in that in those terms, you know, withholding an effective treatment. Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure how all the money works with big pharma and, you know, do they make as much off the antibodies as they do off vaccines? And maybe they're thinking, well, if they've got this lifeline of the antibodies, then maybe that keeps them from going for the vaccine as much. And we want them to get the vaccine. We get more profits from that. I, I don't understand it all, but obviously this is a state that is getting redder by the day, it seems, and they're not happy with that. No, and uh, from what I've heard uh, on the different interviews that Joe Rogan has been doing with several doctors that are very, you know, studied in this area, the the treatments are cheap. Mm. Like they sometimes they can cost like a dollar a dose or less, usually a lot wow. less. The vaccines, come on, they're mm-hmm. going to cost a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, so this isn't; it's not economic in any way to promote vaccines over treatments, and the monoclonal clonal antibodies is one of the things that joe rogan used and he got better really quickly mm. where he in less than a week he was already back to working out and his workouts are pretty rough so if he was able to do that um but yeah it, it is uh, to think that a hospital is a place where you're supposed to get better i think that sometimes we need to doubt that a little bit more mm. which is sad mm. it's really sad uh sometimes it might actually be the better choice to stay away sometimes i'm not saying all the time sometimes um because going there it's almost like a death sentence mm-hmm. it can seem like you know it's almost like they they want to help you but they want to help you their way <laughs> and they know better and they they know these treatments aren't any good and that this is the way to go and you know whatever that rem stuff is in or whatever. oh yeah re- rendefinir yeah something like that yeah I know it has to do with death because they, <laughs> yeah. they call it that. But, you know, obviously a lot of their, de- you know, decisions are not based on uh, testing or trials or, uh, you know, and they they seem to be very ineffective, which has caused, I think, so many deaths in this country. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you've got something that is proven, like the anticlonal mon- um, antibodies. Yeah. Yeah, monoclonal antibodies. Uh, that how could you reduce or turn back or hold back that? It's really corrupt. Um, Okay, I know you're going to love this topic. Dick Morris uh, on Newsmax discussing whether or not Hillary Clinton will run in 2024. So I'll play the clip and then we'll discuss. Well, I've always said that the way you could tell if Hillary is running again is check whether she has a pulse or not. (laughs) And if she does, most likely she's running. But uh, lately, there have been there's been a very significant sign that indicates that she is, in fact, planning to run. She gave an interview earlier this week with MSNBC where she talked about, quote, we have to think clearly and be clear eyed about what it will take to win the House and the Senate. And she then proceeded to basically blame AOC and the progressives for policies that she said 
could endanger the Democratic majorities. It's she's not wrong. See, it's kind of odd to see a candidate uh, doing the blame game for an election that hasn't happened yet. Right. But she was. And then interestingly, the reply came from AOC, who said, uh, we need to uh, enact the, B, the balanced budget, the Build Back Better program. And that unless we do so, we're going to lose the midterm elections. So you have dueling views from the center and the left yeah. about what's going to happen, what's going to cause the co collapse of the party, even though it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. And I think that's presaging the campaign. I think Hillary's message will be after the wipeout that will happen next year, next year, the, uh, yeah. they're going to blame each other. And, and AOC will use that to challenge the leadership and say she should run. And I think that Hillary's going to use that to say that we need a saner, more moderate approach in order to win. And I think it'll set up a conflict between Hillary and AOC for the Democratic nomination. Yeah, but now, Dick. Two other candidates. Uh, the blacks will have one, probably Cory Booker, and most likely uh, the establishment will have one, probably Pete Buttigieg. And I see a right. four-way race coming. Well, but Dick, you know, you bring up an interesting point there. You have AOC saying if we don't pass BBB, then we're going to lose the House. Hillary Clinton saying if you do pass BBB, you're going to lose the House. So. At Either way, the Democrats are right because one of them's got to be wrong. So, mm -hmm. you know, Hillary Clinton, look, they're going to lose the House no matter what. So Hil yeah. they, she knows. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry. Yeah, they, they know they, they know that. But like, here's the problem is Hillary Clinton's been in this game a long time. I just totally disagree with her policies. And I think she was just a, a terrible candidate. But that doesn't mean she doesn't know how to play the game. So when you're playing the game against people who've been in Congress like a hot minute, um, like AOC, what do you think the, the, the opposition is going to be once they're in the minority? Does Hillary Clinton go on the I told you so, let's moderate campaign? Or does she actually kind of slide over like Joe Biden did into basically Bernie Sanders' agenda? Okay, so, yeah, who's Dick Morris? Why is he even mm -hmm. relevant? Well, he was a Clinton advisor, so a Bill Clinton advisor. Mm -hmm. So he's been around for a while. He lives and breathes politics and he has a really good eye for this stuff. He's one of my favorites. And of course, he has turned to the Republicans uh, after Clinton. Mm -hmm. uh, but his analysis is always interesting. And he brings up points that you don't hear elsewhere. No, I've never heard what he said. Uh, yeah, basically with the BBB. Um, and then, yeah, if whenever they lose the House and the Senate, as they will, everyone's saying that. Mm. Uh, yeah, what that... The four-way race, how he framed that was so fascinating. AOC is going to blame mm. one way. Hillary mm -hmm. Clinton will blame one way. Mm -hmm. Pete Buttigieg will be the establishment pick. And then the black people will want Cory Booker. Mm. So a four-way race. <laughs> you know, just thinking about that, um, especially, but you have to kind of think about it in light of those circumstances at that time. You know, if they have... Um, you know, lost, I guess he's talking about in the midterms if they've lost. So then shaping up to 2024, two years later after the midterms. Uh, you know, I would think that the Democratic Party would want to go more moderate and, you know, less extreme. So I, I think AOC would really be in trouble. Um, yeah, just with the extreme policies, I think I could see well, 
I'd say it would be Clinton or Buttigieg. Uh, you know, he, Buttigieg is pretty, a, a good speaker and has, I think, quite a bit of skill. <clears throat> so I could see him being a good younger challenger and he can still probably distance himself enough from the current administration, uh, although that could be a challenge, but he's really not associated with them as much, you know, even though he does have a position, uh, he's been very low profile. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if they're going to want to go back to Hillary. So I think between the two of them, uh, would have a better shot. Here's what I could see happening. Buttigieg and Hillary will be like Obama versus Hillary back then. Mm. So he was the interesting young guy, well-spoken. Of course, the difference is Buttigieg has been seen before. Right. Versus Obama. It was like he came out of nowhere. True. Yeah, and then, well, the AOC, yeah, it'd be stupid for her to run, but it was stupid when Bernie Sanders ran. You know, you just have your crazy right, one out there. Right. <laughs> you know, you can do that in a primary, and you're just kind of throwing it out there and seeing if um, people are stupid enough to to bite. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> and this past time uh, with the Democrats, there was a large field, and a lot of them just trying. I want to hear a little bit more of what Dick Morris has to say. Um because I'm sure it's going to be good. No, there'll be all kinds of running room on the center for a Democrat because Democrats will be crazy about why they lost the House and the Senate. And she can exploit a backlash against the possibility of AOC winning Mm -hmm. to use that to fuel her own candidacy. Uh, And the other part, of course, don't forget the blacks will have a candidate named by Obama, and my guess is Cory Booker. And the establishment won't want Hillary so the party leadership will probably try to get Buttigieg in. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of hoopla, though, around Michelle potentially throwing her hat in the ring. A lot of articles written that the mainstream media, of course, they, they, they're not right about basically anything anymore. But they did say that they think Michelle Obama could beat a Trump matchup. I obviously disagree. What do you think? Well, Michelle leads all the polls for the Democratic nomination. When you ask people who would you like to see as the Democratic candidate, Michelle or Biden, Democratic primary voters vote for Michelle. Yeah. Uh, Biden draws less than a quarter of his own party in a head-to-head matchup in a primary. Unprecedented weakness. Right. Yeah. But Michelle was quite firm in 2020 that she does not want to run and won't run. Right. And uh, for now. I think that. I think that may hold, but who knows? Yeah, right. But the thing is, too, which is interesting about Michelle, I, I, even though she says she doesn't want to run, I think that's a very smart move because it keeps a lot of the heat off her and the hit pieces and the digging and stuff like that, giving less time if she does decide to run for them to actually dig up what they need to dig up. However, my concern, not my concern, my my glee is that she has she's never been a policy person. She's, you know, can go, hey, they go low, we go high. I have social icon. I'm a social icon. She's got social swagger. She's very likable in within her party, you know, and that said, when it comes to policy, Donald Trump has a policy to run on. She has no policy talking points. Do you think she'll get destroyed in a debate? No, no. She has a handler as effective as Barack Obama's handler. In fact, it was the same handler, yeah. Valerie Jarrett. And uh, and also she has Barack, uh, who has plenty of substance. So uh, I don't think that would be her problem, but I don't think we'll reach that. Uh, I think that uh, there would not be this talk of Cory Booker or other minority candidates if Michelle was serious about possibly running, and she's not saying yeah. she's Yeah, well, either way, Dick Morris, always good to talk to you, sir. Yeah, 
Really interesting. Oh, yeah. You know, really, there's been so little talk, and for him to actually come up with some names is just fascinating. And, you know, his thoughts about Hillary. And, you know, I could see it. You know, women live longer than men, and her health seems to be okay. And, you know, in a sense, maybe there's a vacuum. And um, also, if, if they get beat up bad in both houses... You know, it seemed like maybe the party would want to move to somebody more central. Uh, that's kind of what happened with Biden, in a sense. And, uh, of course, yeah, it was a big lie. Yeah. He, he went extreme. Yeah, that's and, the truth. And I think uh, people would have to consider that as well, because it's probably another big lie. Who knows what she would do? Yeah. So, but anyway, fascinating. Yeah, we'll see. I kind of agree with him. I don't think Michelle's going to go in on this one. I agree too. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I don't know. I, it sometimes people can be extremely popular, uh, but when they people finally come down to it, especially in the general election, I'm not sure they would see that as a good thing for the country. You know, it, it's sort of like an Arnold or you know somebody that's popular at a different sphere. You know, she's uh, has no skill in politics that we know of, you know. So, yeah, I, I even believe her popularity is very shallow. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's just, oh, she's a little funny. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and that's good for her. Mm-hmm. It's just everything that they have right now is good. Mm-hmm. The Obamas, like, it, why why mess it up? Right. Why right. put themselves into more trouble? And that's the thing you notice with the Obamas. They're trying to stay out of trouble. Mm-hmm. That's what I've noticed. And a lot of Democrats are upset at them because they feel like, they just did their time, and now they just want to bank on what they have. Mm, mm-hmm. So, they they were bought, and they're just enjoying the payment. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, um, okay, so let's see. Let's go to the verse. It's going to be Matthew uh, four, um, verse five. Then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him. If you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. I've always had uh, a trouble understanding, you know, that that verse that he's explaining there. Um, mm. And then let me read the next verse just mm. real quick. Jesus said to him, it is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. But yeah. Well, you know... Uh, the devil wanted him to do that. I guess obviously that would have been a huge sign. It would have attracted a lot of attention and following. And but once again, that was not God. You know, he. It's sort of like the devil wants to give the orders, and he, you know, he, he eat the fruit. You know, make the stone into bread. Jump, jump off the temple. You know, and then of course the third one's going to be bow down and worship me. So he always has an agenda, and once we start giving into that, uh, he he gains control. And yeah, God, of course, His Word says that He will protect us, um, but it's not in a situation where we jump off some a cliff. <laughs> you know, would God have done it for Jesus? Maybe, but Jesus wasn't going to fall for that yeah. and force God's hand. You know, in a situation like that. 
Yeah, it, it's a weird thing, you know, especially if like if I said it to you, mm-hmm. like throw yourself off, off the building, I'm like God will catch you. Right. You'd be like, stop. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a weird. It's a where, weird thing. Where are you gonna be? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll be like, I'll be up here watching. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but that that's the way the devil is. And you see some people and they, they try to pressure you into stuff and you're like, No. Like mm. <laughs> like, come on, do this. Come on. Let's yeah. do the bottom line is whose idea is it? Yeah. Yeah. If it's not God's idea, we don't need to do it. It's true. Very good. Very good. Yeah. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed the show and uh learned as much as you can possibly learn that your brains were like sponges. Uh have a wonderful day. <laughs>